Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Welcome to the Shifter Podcast. My name is Farwit Lovett, and I couldn't be more excited about the guests we have here today. At Shifter, we are a community of women who share a desire to level up support and celebrate one another through collaboration over competition. We help each other walk into our power and give permission to women around the world to be proud of who they are. Today, we have a special guest. Um, Her name is Michelle Rhodes. She is Moon and Myrrh. Um, Michelle is an intuitive natal astrologer. Uh, She is also a certified yoga instructor. She is certified in modalities, including trauma-informed yoga, trauma-based counseling, and Reiki, and considers herself to forever be a student of herbalism and Hellenistic astrology. She has designed semi, or she has designed intentional semi-precious jewelry since 2009, and is well-versed in the healing properties of crystals, as well as many forms of spirituality. Uh, You can say that Michelle is a little bit of everything, um, but she is also a generator of the human design, which I want to talk about in a second, um, because our um, three out of the four of our Shifter co-founders are generators in human design. Michelle, welcome to the Shifter podcast. We're just going to go ahead and jump in. Jump in. Yes. Let, yes. Let me um, ask you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell me about the, the, the astrological charts, um, the moon circles. Tell me everything um, that you are, are doing and involved okay. in. Um, so I am an intuitive astrologer, um, which basically um, I have studied astrology. I had an astrology coach and I also have taken astrology courses. Um, and have a lot of teachers, Um, but intuitively, um, I'm able to read a birth chart and really pinpoint um, specific struggles or specific um, situations in someone's chart that hopefully help validate them and hopefully help validate their experience. Um, I lead bi-monthly moon circles um, for the new and the full moon, And the moon has cycles. Um, Most women will understand a monthly cycle um, and how that works and how there's ups and downs. And the moon um, has similar phases and can help us tap into those cycles within our own lives to embrace those times when we're feeling down or maybe more introspective. And then those times where we're really energetic and creative um, and making and birthing things. So, So I like to lead those circles. Um, That's the majority and the kind of the meat of what I do. And then also I do do chart readings, um, natal chart readings and year ahead readings to help people understand their chart and understand what they may be experiencing from year to year. Um, 
I um, am also um, a 500 hour certified yoga teacher. And um, basically I like to, the moon circles are a little bit less um, woo and maybe a little bit more um, intentional living. I like to, we do a lot of journaling and ask a lot of questions that require people to do deep dives. And so with my yoga training, I like to incorporate meditation and I like to incorporate different, um, more Eastern um, philosophy and um, just more kind of helping other people tap into their own intuitive power um, via the moon. And, um, and then share all the little tips and tricks that I've learned along the way that have helped me ultimately um, heal from trauma um, in a more holistic way. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of a, in a nutshell what I do. Right. I love that you said that this is, it's a tool that one can use to live a more intentional existing existence. Um, so how did you end up getting into um, this field? So um, I, my, um, my background is in retail. I've worked in retail since I was 16. Um, and in 2009, I started making jewelry on the side. I'd spent way too much money at the bead store and decided everyone was getting jewelry for Christmas that year. And a lot of people loved it or liked it and asked for stuff. So I started making stuff and selling stuff and setting up tables in Hillcrest on the sidewalk. And then it just kind of blew up. And I did that on the side as I was a single parent. So that enabled me to, you know, um, cushion a little bit, you know, retail doesn't, isn't really where the money is. So, um, so that's it. The, between the two, I was able to survive and raise my daughter. And then, um, in 2014, um, I lost my home in a fire and in 2015, I had a relationship that I had been in for 14 years fell apart um, by, I don't wanna say by no fault of my own, but by an event that wasn't of my choosing. And um, I just kind of spiraled into a really, really dark place. And during that time, I reached for anything and everything to try to make sense of my life. And I just wanted to float away. And I went to therapy. I was on medication. I went to church. I burned St. Jude candles. I read tarot. I had rosaries. I did everything just to try to continue, mm -hmm. which was my only goal at that time. Um, but then also to, to get through it. And during that time, I um, discovered a, well, before that, before all these things started happening, I converted to Catholicism and um, discovered natural family planning, which was basically, you know, the Catholics don't believe in birth control. So they, so they just, you're supposed to just intuitively track your cycle. So I'd never been on birth control since I had my daughter. Um, so I just kind of, I knew my body a little bit better than I think um, most people um, at, at, in my twenties. And so whenever I converted to Catholicism, I started to research tracking my cycle and everything that I stumbled across was about the moon. Like there wasn't really anything about your cycle that, I mean, there was either super duper heady scientific stuff or it was about the moon. And so I started tracking my cycle on this like kind of moon calendar. Um, and that was in 2013. And so then through all this, this stuff that was happening, um, I was pretty in tune with my body. Um, but 
the moon stuff kept coming back. And so whenever I was searching for different modalities to heal, um, I got my chart read. And the astrologer who ended up turning into my coach and teaching me astrology, she said, Michelle, she explained a lot of things to me. And she said, this will never happen to you again. The stuff that's happened to you, it's very difficult. And some people don't live through it. And it will never happen to you again. And I bawled and squalled and felt so validated and heard. And so I dove into astrology and learning um, how to read my own chart. I printed off that like 20 page cafe astrology <laughs> chart thing and started just dissecting each piece, piece by piece. And there were so many things that I had been told I was supposed to be that were not in that chart. And there were a lot of things that felt really natural to me that were in that chart. So over the course of learning that astrology, I was able to embrace who I am and release who I'm not and who I'm never going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of those things were hard. Some of the things that I had to release were difficult. And some of the things I had to embrace were maybe things that didn't, that felt a little foreign or felt like they weren't things I wanted to do. But once I embraced the messages of my chart, my life just started to thrive and I started to feel better and I started to be able to really break apart that trauma and face it and deal with it and deal with some family stories and some ancestral stories that I hadn't really dealt with before. Mm -hmm. So um, through the course of that, I, um, I went on a retreat and at this retreat, um, it was, it was a women's retreat and everyone kind of had the same story. And it was like, oh, me too. I've been through that too. I've been through that too. And I took my tarot cards and everybody was like, whoa, are those tarot cards? Like I've never seen tarot cards. Let's play with them. And I was like, no one's ever shown me this before. Like, I just thought, I mean, I know we're in Arkansas and I know this is the Bible Belt, but like, why is nobody sharing these things? Because I know I'm not the first person to be interested in astrology and tarot. Like I know I'm not in crystals. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I came back from that retreat and, um, decided to start having posting moon circles, um, around (laughs) what I thought I would do is teach everyone their chart. Like I thought that I had the capacity to deep dive into everyone's chart in a moon circle, which was, I was out of my mind, but, um, but it, it, that started the moon circles. Um, and I just, ultimately wanted to share the things that had helped me heal that I didn't feel like other people were talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they were being shared. And I felt like if everyone has the same story and if everyone's suffering the same type of pain, why are we not sharing these, all these tools? Cause they're not all going to work for everybody, but you should at least have a full toolbox that you can access when you deal with these horrible traumas that we all deal with and um so yeah that's the long the long of it that's awesome can you explain to me Michelle um like what exactly is happening in astrology what what makes it work like how is how is it so um, intertwined with an individual and how does it tell uh and in a person's story so um, way, you know, ancient um, traditional astrology there, you know, there was a battle between, you know, they would look at the sky and, anal- and, and astrology predates astronomy. And they would look at the sky and when, you know, there was an eclipse or something visible to the eye, um, they would make 
um, these observations based on what was happening on earth. So say, you know, there's an eclipse and then a king dies. So they would associate what was happening on earth with these celestial things that were happening. And so there was this back and forth between does the, does the event cause the thing or does the event um, illuminate the thing and show you that it's about to happen or does like, what is the connection? So um, I'm not a super educational astrologer. I'm an intuitive astrologer. So it's easier for me to intuit a chart than it is for me to explain the history of astrology, though I have studied it um, because it's a lot. But, um, but ultimately the reason that it works is because you know, we've all, we all to a degree studied Greek mythology, Roman mythology in school and are familiar with archetypes and the gods and goddesses. And um, in all methods of religion and spirituality, there's a lot of crossover. You know, there's an archetype. There's a, there's the, the, the Christ figure. There's the scapegoat. There's the devil. Like there's lots of different, um, energies out there and all the planets represent a different archetypal energy so as they're doing things and as they're meeting up in the sky and as they're traveling through um, the different constellations that we know of as the zodiac um, there's different symbols that connect that can reflect our experience so I don't know how it works but I know that it does and I know that um, sometimes the last year or two, it's been so literal. It's been very easy to learn and it's been very easy to understand because for example, we have Saturn. Saturn's the planet of our lessons, of our maturity, of answering for our choices, discipline, structure. And Uranus is the planet of revolutions and rebellion and going against tradition. And those two planets are making a, a relate, they have a relationship this year and they're going back and forth three times. And the first time was January 6th. And we, most of us are familiar with January 6th and the insurrection on the Capitol. And that is a meeting of structures and rebellion, it's anarchy. Mm -hmm. So that was so literal. It was very easy to be like, this is like, this is how astrology works. Like if you, you don't, it's a lot easier to look in retrospect at what happened um, based on the day of something than it is to predict because there's so many different ways it could go. There's so many different significations of each planet and of each zodiac sign. But something like that is so obvious. It's easy to connect the stories. Um, so. I think you know, everything is made of um, energy and you talk about how the difference, the different planets have, have different personalities, um, maybe energetic imprints or patterns that, that we're sensitive to as human beings that can influence our, our lives. I, I love a, a, a good personality inventory and um, it's always fascinating for people to take a personality test and then get their results. And when they're reading about the description of their personality results, it almost feels like uh, someone is reading your mind um, that it just, things start to make sense. And, and um, it's, it's easier to move in relationships and through the world, kind of knowing what our personality 
patterns are, what our um, responses and reactions to situations and things tend to be based on these patterns that exist in um, in my life, these, these imprints, right? Right. So it seems like with astrology, it's very similar that there are, um, we can look at these charts and depending upon the alignments of certain celestial bodies, it, it's going to um, affect us in different ways. And, you know, it may all have to do with the, the, the energy and the impact that, that they have on our lives. And so it's fascinating. We have personality tests we can use as tools to help us understand ourselves and help us navigate our way through life and through relationships. We also have these tools that you're referring to that help us do the same things. And as individuals, we're drawn to a different set of tools and we have different skill sets. And um, like you said, this is something that you, you felt in alignment with, that you resonated with, it's very intuitive process for you. Can you talk about that sort of breakthrough that you made in life where, you know, we all grow up in this world where we're told this is who you're supposed to be. These are the expectations. These are the rules you follow. So um, we kind of, a lot of us abandon who we are internally and how we feel in order to fit a mold that is cast upon us by the world and the authority figures around us. What, how, how did that happen for you where you were able to make that shift for yourself and uh, um, trust your intuition? Well, um, first off, um, I've taken all the personality tests. They're much easier to digest, um, especially being in the South but most of those are built off of astrology, human design, um, the Myers-Briggs, like a lot of these personality things that we take, they're, they're built off of astrology. And so for me, whenever I discovered astrology, after discovering all those other things first, it was just a more concise, it's much more complicated, but it's a much more concise and precise method of learning about myself. Um, the intuitive part, so just to overshare, um, <laughs> which anybody who knows me knows that I'm a classic overshare, but um, the relationship issue, I'd, um, for about a year, I had this feeling that my partner was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. And I started crying every day. I was crying every single day. And I was like, something's not right. And he was like, you're crazy. You're losing your mind. You need to get help. And I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. There's something not right. And I was sick about it. And I I started digging and really looking. And, you know, they say, don't, don't look unless you want to know. And, um, and I, I, I caught them. Mm. And, um, and that moment of discovery for me validated that previous year of this knowing that something wasn't right. And um, after that happened, the floodgates kind of opened where I, you know, I talked to my parents, my dad's a preacher. (laughs) So I talked to my dad and he was like, you've just always kind of known, you know, you've asked questions about things that didn't necessarily make sense. And, um, I've always, you know, I have a couple of grandparents that have passed away and, 
not long before they passed away, I had this feeling that I really needed to connect with them. I really, really needed to see them. So um, in learning about my chart, I have a particular placement that is a, an indicator of someone who has highly intuitive thoughts. I'm a lucid dreamer. Um, I wouldn't say that I have predicted things that have ha- that were going to happen, but I've had dreams that maybe alluded to things and situations that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So um, just learning about all these things helped me understand that I wasn't paranoid or crazy. I was intuitive. Um, and that all the misdiagnoses and um, situations as a teenager where my hormones were out of control were a response to my environment and were a response to situations that I was experiencing and I didn't have the um, the nervous system regulation to deal with them um, but I did have this intuition that my my body or I knew I wasn't safe or I knew I was in a situation that wasn't safe and my intuition was protecting me or trying to warn me so um so that's how I connected to that and then astrology validated um that experience and validated all of those um things that I felt internally that's fascinating that the um personality inventories and human design, I know um, uh, for sure I've taken the human design test. I'm a projector, but three out of the four co-founders for Shifter were our, our generators, like, like you, you're a generator. But that's fascinating that it is based off of astrology. I can see that. I can see where, where um, that is the case. If we can pivot for a second, because you mentioned how you converted to Catholicism. Your dad is a preacher but you're also um, very intuitive and a student of astrology. There are a lot of people who struggle with reconciling um, these, these different categories, these different areas, because you know what, what we have been taught is that they go into separate boxes, the religion and the um, more esoteric practices or sciences. How do you reconcile that for yourself? And and what advice would you give to someone who might be struggling with that? Well, um, I can definitely recognize it as a struggle. Um, When I first started, I really felt torn. As a child, I wasn't allowed to read horoscopes. Um, But in the same vein, my mom always said, if God created the heavens and the earth, why would he not have put them in a particular pattern to teach us things um, and to help us, to give us signs and symbols and signals? And I also have studied a lot of anthropology, um, cultural anthropology. And if you study any sort of civilizations, um, especially um, extinct civilizations, everyone has a belief system and everyone believes in a higher power. And it's very easy for us to look at those extinct civilizations and think that they didn't really know what was going on because we have science and and technology in so many different ways to know what's happening around us. But, you know, going through yoga teacher training and learning about a lot of different cultures and a lot of different religions, you can see the common thread and converting to Catholicism, you learn as a, as a convert versus a cradle Catholic, you learn a lot about theology and about where Catholicism comes from and how it's a branch off of Judaism and, and that all, all Christians started out as, as, as Jewish people. And then, you know, and before that, that everyone was the same, you know, and there's, 
everyone came from the same place and everyone started with the same belief in a higher thing. And the, the divisions have happened and most of the divisions are political. They have nothing to do with the belief system. So the disconnect between astrology and Christianity or organized religion is the difference between, um, is, is the, the argument around free will. Mm. that's the argument mm-hmm. like that's okay. the ultimate reason that because there were astrologies in churches there were you know the pope had an astrologer like there was a connection at one point and it separated because of the belief or the non-belief in free will and um for me the reason i can still pray to god and also study astrology is because i believe that it's all connected and that there's there's a a thread that connects all of us and if you don't believe in something bigger than you then you'll always be disappointed and you'll always be let down um so i believe you have to have a belief in a higher power and a higher purpose and i believe that astrology can provide you a more specific purpose for your own life but that ultimately you answer to the one the greater and and if what you're doing is or what you're studying or what you're following is making you a better person and making you treat your fellow humans better mm-hmm. and you have an awareness then it can't be then it's right if what you're doing is used to oppress other people to hurt other people then it's probably the wrong thing and that's just um how i feel now if i'm being honest my dad doesn't know what i do like he knows that i lead women's circles but he really doesn't know Mm-hmm. He lives in Florida. Um, let's hope he doesn't discover this. Um, but but um, my stepmom knows, my mom knows, my grandmother knows. Um, and they kind of joke around about it, but they don't, they also know, like my daughter said, mom, you're so much nicer since you started doing your moon stuff. She said this years ago. But um, astrology for me has given me an awareness around how I show up in the world mm-hmm. and how I treat other people. And... I can see the holes in organized religion. I can see the holes in um, some of the dogma. And so astrology fills those holes for me. Mm-hmm. It fills the, the voids or the unethical practices or, um, you know, the, the toxicity that can tend to be present in trying to conform to a set of regulations and rules. Does that work for everyone? I don't know, but I do still pray every night before I go to bed. I love to do devotionals. I know my books of the Bible and my Bible verses. I don't feel, I feel like you can do both. I don't feel like one um, invalidates the other. Um, But I know that's really hard for people to wrap their head around. And I think it has to be an individual practice and it has to just like your spiritual practice is yours and what you believe in is yours and it's very personal. Um, I think everybody just has to make a personal choice for themselves. And this is the one that I've made and it works for me and it makes me a better person. So I don't see how that could be. Right, right. My, my passion is for science, science and spirituality and um, the just diving deeply into the subject material from both sides of the spectrum. It's, it's, it doesn't fit in two different boxes. They are very much connected. It's uh, um, it's just maybe a difference in in semantics. But a lot of these 
areas, a lot of these, um, these, these topics, if you really, really dive into them, then you're going to find that they all have or share a, a similar root. There's yes. so much more that connects all of it than, um, than separates. Yes. Each of it. And, and in regard to the free will, you said that that, that can, um, maybe be controversial or there be disagreement around the free will. How I have, uh, um, understood it it's about it's not that and correct me if i'm wrong it's not that this event is for sure going to happen like it's where you can predict these specific things it's it's a uh, um an an energy it's an opportunity it's a possibility but at any point it's our decision as a human being the choices that we make if i choice to if i choose um door a rather than door B, then it's going to put me on a different timeline, depending upon the choices that I'm making. So astrology just helps us give or gives us um, additional insight so that we have more information available to us to help us make maybe different or better choices for ourselves and the collective in the long run. It's if you know that it's raining and you have an umbrella, you take the umbrella with you. You can choose to use the umbrella. You can choose, you can accidentally leave the umbrella in your car. But if you have an awareness that it's going to rain, you can prepare. But what you do ultimately to protect yourself from the rain is up to you. Like how hard it rains, you generally are going to know. Do you need to wear your rain boots? Do you just need to wear regular shoes? Like how hard is it going to rain? You can get some insight into the weather, into the astrological weather, but like I said, there's so many different significations. It could be, you know, for example, the, the chart is divided into 12 pieces and each piece is called a house and each house rules different things. So the third house is the house of communication traditionally, but it's also the house of friends, siblings, neighbors, like short distance travel. So it doesn't necessarily, it may not be your communication at all. It may be a situation with your sister. It may be a situation with your neighbor. So you can, you can know the energy, but exactly what's going to happen. That's still to be told. There's a lot of different factors that go into that. And also how you respond to that. Right. It's based on not just your chart, but mm -hmm. also systemic situations, your environment, how you grew up, like how your economic status, like there's a lot of different factors that play into it. And um, yeah, you were, you were exactly right. Like it's, it's not that, it's not a predictive tool. It can be mm -hmm. if you're really smart or if it's really exact, but ultimately it's just, for me, it's more of a validator. It's more of a, yes, you're experiencing a difficult transit and there are tools that you can use to help get through it. It's not permanent, it's not forever, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Or this is a really great transit, so take it while you can. Right. I love how you are existing in such an intentional way. You're consciously present with life, the decisions that you're making, the relationships. It's more than, it seems like you have, 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 really um, embraced this time in your life um, as being a responsive one as, as opposed to being reactive. Like a lot of us, we don't realize how much information we have available to us. 
and how much um, influence we have on any given moment or situation. We tend to just um, be reactive. Whatever the conditions are around us, we wait for it to present itself and then we react to it. But what you have been studying, the astrology and the moon and the the patterns, um, it has positioned you in a place where you're able to um, access and to become aware of the information and then you're choosing your responses every day and in any given given situation. And then you also help other people move into that same space in their lives. What is an example of a time in life where you turn a mess into a message? And I know you've already alluded to um, a lot of that, but is there something in particular that stands out? Um, I mean, I feel like the first 33 years of my life were a mess. Um, and that is my entire message. Um, and that's also my father's message as a preacher is that he hasn't always been a preacher and his message is that if he could be loved and, and favored than anyone could. Um, I, so in your birth chart, there is a particular placement that tells you what your deepest core wound is. And it's usually, well, it's always something that happened either during your birth story, the birth process, or in your early infancy. And um, so you don't remember it, but there's usually a story attached to it that you've heard throughout your life. And it's, it had, something had to happen in your life for you to understand this wound or you wouldn't know where it came from, but because you have this story attached to it, you're like, oh, well, that's why I feel this way. And so your wound ultimately is supposed to be that thing that never goes away, but that you learn to live with in a way that helps you help other people through that same wound. Mm -hmm. And my personal wound is around feeling like my needs matter. And like, um, like I'm, I'm valuable in, in that what I need is it's okay for me to reach out for those needs to be met. And so as a, as a single mom, self-care and self, you know, time for myself was insanely valuable. And I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, they don't, it's not possible and they don't have time. And I get that. And I can sympathize with that, but I also know that it, I had to make time for it. I had to figure it out. After my daughter went to bed, I would go sit in the bath with a glass of wine or, you know, listen to French cafe music or something to just kind of lose myself. And, um, And so because I have that wound, I'm much more conscious of forcing people Mm -hmm. um, to find whatever they can to take care of themselves. And that's what I invite in the moon circles is like, take this time to do your own work and do this for yourself because you could show up better for others when you're taking care of yourself. And I know we've heard, you know, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup and blah, 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 but you know for me, showing up for myself and doing things for myself is incredibly difficult and I don't feel like I deserve it. But I know that when I do, I can show up better. Um, And so I can invite other people to do the same. So that's been, um, that's my core wound and how I use it to help other people um, through the moon circles or whatever else I do. 
self-care can look different for different people. It just depends on what, um, what inspires you, what lights you up, what you enjoy. So it's an interesting, I think that you have done your research, you have identified what your core wound is, um, which is related to valuing yourself. Just because you're aware of it, does it still, is there a point at which you can just sort of wipe your hands, I'm done with this, it doesn't affect me anymore? Or is it, is it something, it's a process, something that you have to consciously remain aware of and choose to respond differently to on a daily basis? Um, it is, so the, the archetypal story um, is around Chiron which was um, one of Zeus's sons, an immortal. And he was at a party and his brother, I don't remember which one, came in and shot some poison arrows in the room and one struck Chiron. And um, because he was immortal, he couldn't die. Mm -hmm. And so it just was just escaping wound, never went away. And he ultimately sacrificed his life for another sibling, um, but this point in your chart, this Chiron is, um, it never goes away. Um, the awareness of it changes. And when you're 60, you have your around 60, you have your Chiron return and it's kind of where you come to face it mm -hmm. and you decide whether or not you're going to let it kill you or you're going to move forward. And, you know, we all know that there's a certain point in, in our later adulthood where we have to decide, are we going to take care of ourselves? Are we going to, um, you know, eat healthy and exercise? Or are we going to come become lethargic and prepare to die? Right. And ultimately that's the point in your life where you look at it and you're like, this is it. And it's not going anywhere. So I can either deal with it and continue to work through it, or it's going to kill me ultimately. Right. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't ever, it never goes away. The value, the, the value, the feeling of my needs mattering, I have an awareness around the fact that that's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. And so I have to consciously practice every single day, asking for what I need, explaining to the people that are close to me that it's difficult for me to ask for what I need so that they can help me mm -hmm. in Michelle. I can tell that you need something and you're afraid to ask for it because the people in my life that are aware of it are, are able to help me through it. Just like I'm able to help other people through theirs. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, it's, um, we teach other people how to treat us. When we, we can, when we become aware of what our trauma triggers are or what our core wound is, it's so true in, in emotional and psychological wellness, it's not any different than physical wellness. You decide that you want to eat better and you want to become more fit and healthier. It's something that you wake up and you consciously choose every day to participate in. You consciously choose every single day what you're going to eat that day. You constantly, you consciously choose every day the um how you're going to move your body the how you're going to spend your energy your energy expenditures this is something that we do every day that that we are aware of and that we're consciously choosing 
And I love that you said that you share with the people that are in your inner circle that you're close to, you have shared with them, hey, listen, this is my core wound. I'm always going to struggle with valuing myself or prioritizing myself so that they can, and the people that really see into us, respect us and love us, they're going to help us. They're going to recognize when we might be slipping and doing that thing again, and then give us the extra support and space help that we need in order to continue to choose a different story and a different path. I think that that's, that's so important for us all to realize that it doesn't just go away necessarily. You become aware of it. Awareness is the hardest part. I always tell people it's, there are so many things that are operating below our conscious level that we are not aware of at all. The hardest part is us getting to a place in life where we have, have awakened to the fact that this even exists. And then once we are aware that it exists, the hard part is over. And now it's us simply choosing or deciding every day to respond differently to um, these these cir circumstances or situations. Yeah. I think we see people that we think have it all figured out in the form of exercise or eating right or whatever it is that they do that we look at and we think that they've just got it figured out. And I think you're, what you said, you know, it's the awareness of I'm, everyone that I know who seems like they're really great at that thing. When you really talk to them, they're like, oh no, I struggle with it every single day. It's a practice. It is every single day I have to, I make a choice and it's a difficult choice, but I do it anyway, because I know it's what I need to do. And I think that that's that awareness around the core wound, like I could have walked through my whole life and not known about it, but struggled with it and had problems with it. And instead I choose, it helps me create better boundaries because I know the people that are safe for me and the people that aren't because the people that are don't, you know, they don't accept it, but they also don't push it. So they, they, they allow me to grow and they, mm -hmm. and they allow me the space to, um, to navigate this core wound in whatever way is best for me. And, um, but, but the things that people think come easy very rarely do they come easy for anyone. It's a practice. Correct. Yes. I love that so much. Um, okay. Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about what a moon circle is? And then also um, I'm super excited about the lunar guides that you put out. Um, it's a, a tool that you offer people to assist them in um, tracking their own patterns, right? With the, with the, and, and moon cycles. So can you tell right. us a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. So there's 12 months every year. We know that we know that there's 12 astrology signs. Um, every single month, the sun moves through the Zodiac. And we know that everybody that's born between a specific time, like anybody who's born right now um, is a Taurus. Like we know that just, you know, we know this, the sun signs where the sun is. So the moon moves a lot faster and it moves through the signs in a month. So where the sun takes a whole year to go through all 12 signs, the moon moves through all 12 in a month. So once a month, the sun and the moon meet. And when they meet, it's when we have the new moon. So we have both the sun that represents our core self and um, our, our ego. And then we have the moon that represents our emotional body and our private self. And they're in the same zodiac sign. So whatever energy that zodiac sign is, is super strong, right? So it's the beginning of a cycle. 
And so I meet with my people at the new moon and we go through, um, you know, uh, uh, open the circle with what is Taurus and what does it represent and what are its significations and what, what's the ruling planet? What are the energies? What are the crystals? What are the flowers? And all about Taurus. And then I lead people through questions. Um, anyone who has the guide knows that there's some questions in there um, called uncovering. And it's just kind of gets you thinking and get your mind um, wrapped around that energy because we all know what our sun sign is, but we all have all 12 zodiac signs represented in our birth chart. So there's a part of your life that's impacted by every single zodiac sign. And so whatever part of your life that's impacted by Taurus, let's dig into that. Let's see what that looks like for you. Let's make some goals. It's like breaking up a new year's resolution into 12 pieces instead of one. And then we pull tarot cards for some extra guidance um, and then this is where I say, you know, this, this, this floor, you know, where it's going to be tomorrow, this chair might be here because I can move it because it's a movable object. Me, you have no idea where I'm going to be tomorrow. The tarot cards can't predict what a human's going to do. It can only say, if you continue on this path, this is the direction you'll go. You have the decision and you have the free will to change that or to make different decisions or say, I'm not accepting this and I want to move in a different way. And so we use the tarot cards for some added inspiration and some added guidance that kind of helps us figure out if we need to course correct or if we're on the right path. And then um, at the full moon, the full moon is when the sun and the moon are in opposite signs, which is this kind of pull of different energies, opposite energies, um, that can be a little conflicting. And so it's when we figure out if we need to course correct. We figure out if what we wanted before is what we still want, or if we need to move in a different direction. And so the questions reflect that. So every month there's a series of questions to journal through, and there's a series of questions to pull tarot cards through. And we, we it's, a, it's a group discussion. Nobody has to talk if they don't want to. Nobody, I don't call on people. We don't do round robin, but everyone's invited to hold space together because women, when two or more women meet, we release the same hormone that men release when they have a dog. Um, and it's this feel good, happy hormone, but it's also this energetic strengthening of your intentions. So whatever you intend and whatever you write down, it's like you're writing down a spell. And when you write that down, when you have other women in support of that same goal, because they're also writing things down, you're strengthening the power of that goal. And um, it's not, there. they're usually things around like, what sort of mindset are you ready to let go of? Or what does home mean to you? Or, um, you know, are you, are you allocating your resources to people who have less than you? Um, there's a there's a social activist aspect to all the questions because I don't believe I believe that's all that all works together. Um, so they're really just a time for journaling and introspection with a little bit of extra guidance with the support of other people who are on their own individual path, but because you're all coming together, mm -hmm. you're strengthening the power of the collective. That excites me to know, and that's one of the reasons why Shifter was born, because for my personal story, I've been doing a lot of this work and a lot of this research for the majority of my life on my own, individually, 
I kind of like, I can't get away from my therapist because she lives inside of my head. I'm constantly in therapy, analyzing, feeling for resonance and alignment, but it is all had always been something that I kind of, I did on my own. Now, every single relationship that I have ever been in, every person that is in my life, they are a teacher. They're showing something to, they're giving me the gift of, of some type of revelation, awareness, lesson, and sometimes it's just love, but um, it is something that I have processed internally my entire life. And then when I was invited to become a part of a mastermind group, it, it, it revealed to me the, the power, the impact, having other women around you, other people around you, it does strengthen your intentions. You're going to grow if you're doing this on your own as an individual, but you're going to grow faster yeah. when you're doing it with a group of other women or other people are involved in it. Because like you said, where three or more come together, there's, there's a strengthening of the intention. There's something about the power, the exponential power of the collective that stimulates growth in a faster way. So I love that you are doing this together in your moon circles. You're really offering support and space for one another. That's so important. It's important to have an unconditional, non-judgmental, supportive space that you can plug into to share all of the things, whether it's difficulty that you're experiencing in life or whether it's something that you want to celebrate or a dream that you want to realize. But having that type of support, I think, is so important. Do you, um, how often do your moon circles meet? And is it different people that come in and out um, from month to month? How does that work? Um, it is, um, twice a month, every two weeks, every okay. two weeks we have either a new moon or a full moon. We have a new moon and then two weeks later we have a full moon and then two weeks later we have a new moon back and forth. Um, I have patrons on Patreon and they come every month. And then I have other friends who come in and out as needed, um, as they, you know, have different situations in their life that they need the support or the availability, mm -hmm. um, they, they come in, um, whenever I did them in person pre-COVID, it was, there were, was a rotating group that always came. And then there was always, there were always some new people who were interested. Um, what's really great about the current group that I have is that we've been together for several years now. And so, we're past some of the beginning stuff and we're able to get a lot deeper. What that means is that it's a little bit more difficult for someone who's not really strong in astrology um, to jump right in because it's like, it can be a little scary and a little intimidating. So I decided um, actually last month to stop in-person circles um, and just dedicate my time to this virtual circle that goes a little bit deeper so that I could kind of re-navigate what, e what in-person circles looked like mm -hmm. and maybe break them back down to a basic beginner, let's get you started. And then when you're ready, you can jump into this deeper circle that we have, that we've created. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working through that. I'm navigating through that to try to figure out what, how I can best serve and also how, um, you know, which, so I can keep each container, um, special for the people that are in it 
because you know if you if you have a group of novices and a group of of advanced practitioners you're going to lose someone if you try to give them the same content so it's important to me to have separation um so i'm, I'm looking at like kind of a beginner astrology um not not a moon circle but more of a workshop type thing around the lunations that can can feed into that more advanced circle that circle of people is it's remarkable and it is you know we have these people who have been moving through these cycles and these circles and they know they can see a longer term theme and how it's how it's all played out um and it's it's really magical i really um I feel incredibly underqualified and honored to lead um, the group. Um, and I don't really feel necessarily like I lead. I just write the questions and tell them um, they lead themselves. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, um, but yeah, like you said, I was doing all this work by myself. Mm -hmm. And then I heard all these people saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, then why are we not sharing it? Why are we not talking about this? And right. I have people in my circle that have been studying it longer than I have. It's not the, it's not the knowledge or the amount of knowledge. It's that we're coming together and we're sharing and we're growing together. You mm -hmm. know, we're not, there's no, how far along are you on your journey and how far along are you? It's, we're all on a journey and we're just holding hands and we're just trying to walk each other home. And it doesn't matter how far anyone is just the fact that we're all together, we can hope that the people who know a little bit more can bleed into <laughs> the rest of us who know a little bit less. Um, right. But it's, um, yeah, so bi-weekly mm -hmm. is the short mm -hmm. answer, or bi-monthly. I, I think that the people who are the biggest blessing to us in our life, who are our teachers, are oftentimes those who are the open vessel that um, has given permission for the intuitive side of ourselves to really step forward and share, to express itself, because there is, there's, there's, some higher knowing that you're allowing to flow through you, through your intuition, to share with the people that you are blessing in life. Um, and, and in order, like you said, to help each and every one of us navigate our way home. Life, when we, we were talking earlier about um, just how it's important for us to become aware. The hardest part is becoming aware of what our trauma is, what our core trauma or our, our triggers are, or you know what these themes and patterns are positive and negative. Life is always going to present to us situations that are going to create an opportunity for us to see something, to become aware of something. And in that sense, personally, I believe, and this really created a significant shift for me in my own life, when I was able to really accept the fact that whatever is happening in life, especially when something very uncomfortable or negative is happening in life, it really is life asking me to recognize something, to become aware of something that I haven't been aware of before. So all of the bad things that happen to me in my life are opportunities for me to become aware of something and make life better than it was before when I really seize that opportunity. Um, yours is a beautiful story unfolding. You are, you have helped many people and will continue, I believe, to help a great number of people through your process. It seems like some very dark time in your life uh, triggered a desire in you to go out searching for 
relief and maybe searching for answers, which led you to where you're at today. You found this tool, astrology and yoga and crystals and the Terra that um, you have embraced that are really um, positioning you uh, in, in this place where you're existing more consciously and intentionally and um, experiencing so much more probably freedom and relief and a greater sense of empowerment and a deeper sense of connection to yourself and to other people. And because this tool has gifted you all of those things, you in turn are turning around and feeling inspired to gift this same tool to other people so that they can experience the same blessings that you have experienced in life, which is an absolutely beautiful thing. If you could, I don't believe, I believe that everything that happens in, in our life was, is, is designed that way and is intended that way to lead us where we are today. But if you could reach back in time and your current self, give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that, what would that advice be? Um, well, it always works out. Mm -hmm. It always works out. Um, there were a lot of times, especially as a single parent that I didn't know how it was going to happen. And in the 11th hour, it just kind of happened. I'm a Sagittarius sun and I have five planets in Sagittarius and Jupiter is the ruling planet of Sagittarius and Jupiter sprinkles glitter, <laughs> um, abundant glitter. And I just always seemed to have a little bit of um, luck on my side and things just always seemed to work out. Um, so that's, you know, I would encourage myself just, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. Um, you know, previous to the situations that happened in my life, I would have told myself your life will be better than you could possibly imagine if you'll just trust and let go and just fall. Um, but, and also, um, you can't change anybody but yourself. You mm -hmm. can't change a single other person but you. You're the only person that you have any power over and it starts within you. And if you can change yourself, you can change your environment. You can change your world. You can change everything around you. And it starts within you and um, yeah. Mm -hmm. When I look back in hindsight, I realize that there is a certain amount of um, destiny and predestination. And I might start at point A, and it is my destiny to arrive at the finish line at point B. And there isn't anything that I can do that's going to prevent me from getting to point B because life was, is just written that way. The you movie, can make it more difficult right. <laughs> and you right. can make it easier. That is what I have realized every single time something like that has happened in life. And I'm looking back at it in hindsight, I made my journey pleasurable or I made myself suffer throughout the whole thing. Oftentimes I'm looking back and I'm thinking I was kicking and screaming the whole way. I was panicking and just a bundle of nerves the entire way. And, and whether I was that way or not, I was going to arrive at point B because that was just how the story is written. Mm -hmm. The movie is going to end the way the movie was written. And when 
when we can trust, like you said, that process, trust that whatever it is that you're experiencing in life right now, it's going to end exactly the way that it's supposed to end. My influence, my control over life has to do with me making this as um, um, pleasurable a process or as miserable a process as I, as I choose or allow it to be. I also believe that through those experiences, you learn um, very valuable information about yourself and about the world around you. And like, I mean, I don't stub my toe without feeling like there's a purpose behind it. And I have, since I was a child, I, I attach meaning to every single little thing that happens to me and believe that every single little thing um, is, is on purpose. And I have just gobs of feathers and found objects and things that I felt were very significant. And um, I've been through some really, really difficult things in my life as a child, as an adult, and every single thing, I, I hate to minimalize anyone's experience and tell them that they deserve their experience. And I, that's not what I mean. But in my life, I believe the trajectory of my life and where I am today is a direct result of a collection of experiences. And it wasn't that all of them were exceptionally easy, but just like in your chart, if, if your chart is all great placements and there's no rough spots, where do you grow? Where do you learn? Where do you get stronger and more resilient if you have no challenges? A chart that's filled with challenges can usually indicate a very, very strong person because they have to navigate that. And um, so, I, I mean, I have, uh, personally in my chart, I've been through one of the most difficult transits that anyone can go through in their life that doesn't happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that was on purpose and that that was, that brought me here to help other people because I know what it feels like to be in the depth of despair. And I know what it feels like to reach for everything that you're told is supposed to help you. And none of them do. Mm -hmm. So I don't, just like you said, like I believe that everything that happened to me is as cliched as it is happened for a reason and on purpose to create this beautiful kaleidoscope that is my life. And um, I don't really hold on to a lot of regret. I don't have, I don't hold on to, I can't hold a grudge to save my life. I'm not angry at the people that have hurt me anymore. Um, I get really, really angry and then I get over it. And mm -hmm. I believe that everything is pushing me to learn a lesson or to get stronger. Right. Right. I 100% agree. So we're going to wrap up here in a second. But before we do that, I would like to just touch on the, the crystals. There are sh several shifter sisters that um, have, have really grown interest in the crystals and the stones and the different ones that they have, the different properties. Can you tell us, and I know that you're a jewelry maker, so you, you incorporate these a lot in the jewelry that you make. Can you kind of tell us the basic uh, um, philosophy um, and uh, of, of crystals and the, the role that they play in our lives? Um, anyone who is familiar with the chakras, um, it can be, that's the easiest tool. If you can learn the chakras, um, it's very, very easy to intuit the properties of crystals if you can attach them to a chakra. So blue is connected with the throat. They're crystals that are great for, um, for communication or if you're struggling with speech or anything like that. The heart it is greens and pinks. 
Um, those are things that help with, you know, we know that rose quartz is love and, and we know the jade is and green adventuring or abundance and money. And, and these are all attached to what we value and what we love. And if you can go through and look at the color of a stone and attach it to the chakras, it's so easy. It's so much easier to, I have tons of crystals. I have a little bowl right here filled with crystals and I couldn't tell you what half of them are because there, there's so many crystals who, that look similar, but I can tell you what it's for because I know the chakras and I know I, I can tell you, well, that's green. So I should probably use that for, for money or abundance matters or financial matters, or that's purple. So that needs, that helps me connect to my intuition, my third eye. Um, I started when I first started making jewelry, well, you see beads first, which was these little tiny little beads and, and had little pricks in my fingers from trying to wire wrap a rosary with the seed beads, which if anybody can imagine that it was very painful. But then I graduated to semi-precious gemstones and the very first stone I was attracted to was agate. And I just thought it was beautiful and I loved the striations and I loved all the different browns and grays. And anyone who knows me knows that I live in a gray beige world and everything in my house and all the clothes that I wear, they're these neutrals. And so um, I had no idea what the properties were. Um, and then as I started to learn about crystals, I learned that it was for um, a great crystal for anxiety. And I had, I was diagnosed as generalized anxiety as a child. Um, I'm self-diagnosed as ADHD as an adult. I have always had this intense um, frenetic energy. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always worn agate. I have an agate bracelet on right now. I've never not worn it um, since I started making jewelry. And I think you find that what you need <laughs> excuse me what you need is what you're attracted to mm -hmm. um and then also I really think it's important to note that we live on a crystal grid we don't realize how lucky and how energetically cleansing Arkansas is um all quartz crystals are mined in Brazil and Arkansas and we are incredibly lucky to live if you live in Arkansas you probably have crystals in your backyard Mm -hmm. And, um, so this place is very cleansing and it's very, um, it's very energetically peaceful, um, mm -hmm. which I think is really beautiful, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but absolutely. Absolutely. So is there an, an amplification of energy living on a crystal grid that we can tap into? Definitely. Um, I think that owning um, crystals is a very, it, it can be a very slippery slope um, because you're taking from the earth. You're taking things that are not necessarily meant to be yours. Mm -hmm. um, so while I own a lot of crystals and I try to ethically source my crystals, um, I would also encourage people that for a more minimalist approach, knowing that we live on a crystal grid, like you live surrounded by crystals mm -hmm. you know pray or set intentions and put them out into your environment um pray to your land spirits i know that that sounds really crazy but someone lived on the land you lived on before you did and feed them and take care of your home take care of your yard even if you're in a rental 
And then you may, it's like you're, it's like you're feeding a crystal. You don't even mm-hmm. have to own one. You live on a giant one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's why intention setting can be so powerful here, because if you're setting an intention and you're putting it out into the universe, you're, you're putting it out into your backyard, you're putting it out to the crystals, you're asking the crystals to, to act on your behalf. And if you're, if any sort of religion, you prayed to saints or you prayed to angels or you've prayed to God, it's, you're putting your prayer out and asking something to act on your behalf or to help you fulfill this. And then you have to follow inspired action. You have to follow the breadcrumbs. You have to take action to get yourself closer to that thing. It doesn't just happen because you pray for it or because you ask for it. You have to do the things. And because we're on a crystal, you just have, then you have no reason not to. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. supported by whatever higher power you believe in. And then we're also surrounded by crystals here. Right. Amen. I love that. I oftentimes talk about inspired action over forced action at Shifter. We talk about balancing or reestablishing a balance between masculine energy and feminine energy, the inspiration, the intuition. It is, it is feminine energy and every human being, whether we're male or female, we have these masculine and feminine energetic properties or qualities to us. And then the action is the masculine aspect of our energy and finding that balance between the two, not forcing something into place, but it, you know, if we don't have clarity over a particular subject, then that is an answer. Lack of clarity is life asking us to take a step back and don't make any moves yet. But we have such a difficult time with that. As human beings, we feel like we need to constantly be doing and be productive and making decisions every day. But a decision ultimately is us exercising our power to move energy. And if I don't have clarity if I don't know the route yet that I need to take in order to map out how to get from point A to point B then it's probably in my best interest to pause for a second and 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 B and then receive more information before setting off in a direction that may or may not be the correct direction because then if I'm forcing myself in a in a particular direction that's actually moving me away from where I want to be, then that takes extra energy to backtrack and to correct our course and, and all of that. So I love that about taking the inspired action. And when, in terms of, of, of the crystals and of the stones, some, some, some people have a difficult time accepting that there might be something um, magical about uh, those, those, the crystals, right? Whether or not you believe in those types of energetic properties of the crystals, ultimately what you're saying, especially if you are, are recognizing the color of the crystal to and matching it to the color of the chakra, you're really setting an intention. You're just, you're, you're by selecting a blue crystal and keeping that on your body while you're going to maybe give a presentation, you are setting the intention to remain aware and awake about that aspect of your 
your your presence and your body so that you can perform in an enhanced way you can you're amplifying we are deciding to amplify that particular quality or that energy or aspect of ourselves so it isn't necessarily that you have to understand know or believe all of the ins and outs, the energetic, the magical, the physical properties of all of this. It really is. And what I love about you and what I love about this interview, bottom line, it's about intentionality. And you have found what works for you in order to exist in an intentional way. We talk about a lot of times how we're spending about 95% of our day every day on autopilot. We think that we are wide and awake and we're making conscious decisions 100% of the day, if not 100%, maybe 99% of the day. But the reality is we're only awake for about 5% of our day. The rest of it is just reaction programs that just that autopilot, the cruise control. This has given you what you need in order to pull yourself out of or off of that autopilot and to live consciously and with, an in, with intention every day. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. That's where our, our power is when we speak about empowerment. It's about simply being present every day and consciously participating in life. Yeah. I um I was gonna say something. What was I gonna say? Oh, like vision boards and rituals and crystals and all these things. They don't. I just loved what you said. Like none. They don't have any power. <laughs> like it's a piece of paper or a candle. Like none of it has holds any power. It's meant to bring your awareness. The reason that you create vision boards. The reason that you have ritual and crystals is not because they hold the power. It's because you do. And it's because having that object as a focus and something that you notice and that you look at it, it allows you or it, it makes you aware of different choices that you can make and the synchronicities. And I know that we just, we talked before we started recording about human design, but I think that's what's so valuable about knowing your authority and knowing um, your, um, your your human design type is like how are you how is it best for you to respond you know I'm a sacral authority so I am instantly know if it's a yes or no instantly I get a gut feeling and I know this is a yes or this is a no and my inspired action is listening to that thing and mm -hmm. and knowing that masculine energy is so highly regarded and this go 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 and accomplish and do is so it's rewarded in our society and if I can take just a second to listen to what my authority is telling me I don't necessarily always have to be going I don't know you get it's the 80 20 rule <laughs> like 20 percent of my time gets 80 percent of my reward so if I'll listen closer I don't have to work as hard I don't have to try as hard and I think that's what I learned so much from astrology is like quit forcing this stuff that's never going to be and focus on this stuff that's your skill set that you're good at that you're um that you're here to do and and part of my chart is I'm supposed to create the questions like literally I have a placement that says you create the questions and what do I do I create questions for a moon circle I'm not supposed to have all the answers 
I'm just supposed to have the right questions that help people find their own right answers. Like I'm not supposed to have the answers for everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to lead you to help you find the answers within yourself. Just like vision boards, just like ritual, just like crystals. They're not doing it for you. They're leading you to find the answers if you're quiet enough and you trust enough to listen to yourself. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I agree 100% in my practice as a coach. That's exactly what's going on. It's asking the questions that are going to help the client um, pay attention to something or become aware of something or find their own answers for, um, whatever it is that they're, that they're, that they're contemplating or managing in, in life. Yes. The question is always going to be more impactful and more important than an answer is it, it, it just, it calls our attention towards something. It helps us to become aware of something. Plus the subconscious loves questions. Yes. So if we're asking the right questions, the subconscious is always listening, always recording, and we will be led through inspiration and synchronicity to the answers that we are seeking every single time when we have moved into the space of trusting the process. Yep. It has been so wonderful talking with you, Michelle. Um, it's an so honor. The anyone who is listening that feels drawn to you, that feels drawn to learning more about astrology and your the moon circles or your um, your jewelry, um, where can they find you? I am on the web. Um, my website is Moon and Myrrh, M Y R R H, just like gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a reason for that. Um, and um, I'm also on Instagram, Moon and Myrrh. Um, I'm less active on social media um, just because that's my conscious development is knowing that I, you know, in order for me to be more present in my life. Um, Patreon is where you go if you want a deep dive and you, you're ready to go. Um, my website is where you can go to dig around and see if there's any fun jewelry that I've made lately, or if you want to book a session for a reading. Um, I'm working on some fun new projects of some little um, things to add to the website. Um, and then I have workshops at Bella Vita Jewelry, um, intro to astrology workshops. And um, soon I'll be starting up new workshops at Arkansas Yoga Collective. Um, so be on the lookout for those. But yeah, moon and myrrh, that's me. All right. Well, we will make sure to put those links in the show notes so the listeners can go directly to your website in order to learn more about what you do. I love that everything that you are, the work that you're doing is in 100% alignment with the work um, and the mission of Shifter. And we are all about collaboration over competition when we can come together as women, especially, and, and lift each other up, work together, collaborate with one another, our, your people will always find you. Like yeah. there's, there's a, there is enough for, for everyone, no more scarcity. Um, so I, I just love that. I have really enjoyed this, Michelle. Thank you so much. Oh, Make Thank sure you for having me. You are welcome. It's been our pleasure and I look forward to work and uh, working together in the future. Yes. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. 
We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.